0: In the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore. You do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Appropriately for the first Sunday of the new church year, our readings today are all about time. We have that letter from Paul to that early Christian community in Rome that says, "You know, no, you know what time it is." I have a very clear image of the people gathered around the first reading of this letter, and some of them sort of looking sideways at each other and saying, no, we don't know what time it is, Paul. Tell us. What time is it, really? I'm reminded of a story about a student who went to a Zen master. It goes something like this. The student had been a prominent merchant in his hometown and found himself dissatisfied with his life and decided he was going to become a Zen monk. So he went to the local Zendo and engaged with the Zen master who was there in conversation. And the Zen master listened to all the reasons why he wanted to become part of the community and shed his material life, and transition into something new. The Zen master thought for a few moments, and then he said, after all of this was placed before him, he said to the aspiring student, I will let you join us if you can tell me the answer to two questions. He said, where are you? And what time is it? Well, of course, being a good merchant, he had a watch. So he told the Zen master what time it was in the day, and he said, "Here I am with you in the Zendo." And the Zen master said to him, "You are not ready. Come back tomorrow. Well, the aspiring student went away absolutely dejected. He was giving everything away, and wasn't that enough? He went away, and he thought for a long time about the question that the master had asked him, and he came back the next day with a bright smile on his face, and they sat down together, and the Zen master was completely silent. The aspiring student said, I finally figured it out, and he went into this long list of what time it was in terms of the Earth's rotation on its axis and revolving around the sun, where they were in the universe, what the astrological calendar in the newspaper had said that morning, where they were in the calendar as far as the moon was concerned and as far as the sun was concerned. Then he went into a long litany of where they were prefecture they were in, the country they were in, the place in the world where they were. The Zen master remained silent. Finally, after the aspiring student had explained all of these things, the Zen master said, you are still not ready. Come back when you are ready. Frustrated to the point of tears, the aspiring student left the Zendo. For over a week, he pondered the Zen master's questions and could find no answers. And he didn't know what to do. He was terribly anxious. He had already given everything away. He was ready, he believed. And so finally, at the height of his frustration, in tears, he went back to the Zen master. The Zen master was sitting there, quietly, on his meditation cushion gazing at this aspiring student who was a complete wreck emotionally. The Zen master asked him, do you have answers to my questions? The student entered a period of silence, not knowing what to say. He was so stymied. Finally, with tears of frustration rolling down his cheeks, he said, I'm here now. The Zen master said, you are ready. Here. Now. Part of my prayer life in preparing for this Advent season, I have been asking over and over again for renewal for us as a community for myself, for all whom I love. Part of that has been starting to engage in new resources that are starting to spill out of people who are well-studied and well-versed in the church. You'll, you may have seen in the email that came out yesterday, I've started a new webpage called the Rector's Corner, and you're welcome to take a look at it. Join me in some of the studying of those resources there. But, top of the list for you this week, I recommend listening to the first podcast of the Vital and Thriving series. Vital and Thriving is a program that was begun in this diocese as a partnership between Bishop Mark and the diocese and Newbigan House of Studies, which is an ecumenical group dedicated to the renewal of the church. Leading the podcast are two of our bright lights in the diocese right now. Claire Dietrich Rana, who's rector of Christ Church Los Altos. And Scott Sherman, who has been doing church renewal for many, many years. And it's a lot of fun to listen to. So, if for no other reason, listen to it for that. But they open interviewing someone who has studied the developments in our civilization and in the church for the past 30 years, and he said some things that were very compelling and also very hard in their initial conversation. One of them is a beautiful metaphor he has for the church, and he said, you know, historically, the church was kind of at the center of life in the village and the town. So as he puts it, if you rolled downhill, you would always end up in a church somewhere. Roll downhill, you would end up in the church. He said, now we are in a period where that situation has been precisely reversed. Instead of being at the center of the town, and the community, and the society, the church is now on the edge, oftentimes on a hill of sorts, metaphorically or literally, and it takes a lot of work to get up to it. So if anyone's rolling, they're rolling away from the church. You know this, right? This is what we see all the time. If it weren't true, our pews would be full and our classrooms would be full this morning, but they aren't. That's because things roll now away from the church. The whole landscape has shifted. The other thing he notes is that We are not in a period anymore of evolutionary change, at least in the usual sort of iterative, we change this a little bit, we tweak that a little bit, and we move forward. We are in a period of what sociologists call adaptive change. And adaptive change is marked, amongst other things, by a great deal of anxiety, And it's also marked by a sense of we have no idea where we're going. Truth of the matter is, we have no idea where we are. That's precisely what today's readings are about. Isaiah writing to a people living at the threshold of dissolution and exile. Jesus speaking to his followers who know that the time with their rabbi, their leader, is coming to an end and they want to know what's going to happen next. Translated through the Gospel of Matthew, which is written at a time when Jerusalem has been wiped off the map, like I said last week, and the whole of the Christian community and the whole of the Jewish community does not know where it is going next. In first century Judaism, if you ended up rolling downhill, you would end up in Jerusalem. When the empire removed that, there was nowhere to roll to. We are in that moment of adaptive change, and one of the callings of Advent, strangely enough as it may sound to our ears, is to sit like that Zen student in the moment here and now, and to sit with all of the feelings and emotions that come up around this sense of not knowing where we are and not knowing what is going to happen next? Claire and Scott, for all their work, don't know what's going to happen next. That's not the point. Living into adaptive change means sitting with our anxiety and recognizing. God is moving even there. Of sitting with our doubts and our uncertainty and recognizing that the Spirit is moving there. Of dwelling with the sense of what we have lost and then making room for hope about what is to come. It's about keeping spiritually awake, to use Jesus' words. Brian McLaren puts it like this, when we think about the future of the church, he says we're caught between two traps. One of them is to believe everything's going to be fine. We just keep doing what we're doing. And that sort of gets us into a place of complacency and, ah, yeah, everything will be fine. I'm all right, you're all right, we'll be all right together. The other place to go is to say it's all going to hell in a handbasket and it's all going to disintegrate. And the church as we've known it is lost forever. And our life together is lost forever. And in that place of despair to also be complacent and say, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. But in good Anglican fashion, there is that middle way, that place between those two poles where we recognize the anxiety of the moment. We learn to let go of those things that are no longer serving us And we watch, awake, for the new things, not that we're doing, but the new things that God is doing in our midst. We've relied for centuries on the notion of mission as the things that we're doing together to serve God and to forward the mission of the church. Most of the wise authorities that I hear now are saying, that's completely backwards. We need to listen for what God is doing in the world around us and join in. That's completely backwards, right? But here's the good news. Remember that image of rolling downhill, not rolling into the church anymore? The church at the margins, which is our reality now, is actually how the church began. Jesus is not talking to his disciples in the comforts of a building like this one, with centuries of tradition undergirding them, with well kept liturgies to help them navigate. with the creature comforts that we all enjoy. Jesus is talking to his disciples on the road at the edge of their society. This for us is good news. The Son of Man, Jesus says, is coming at an unexpected hour, hint, hint, and in an unexpected place. That is, at the places where we don't expect to see God. That's where God is. That's where God is working. For us, that is where God is calling. So where are you? Here. Now, I hope. Be here. Be now. But not just in this moment. In the moments out there. Watch for the movement of God coming of the Son of Man, be counted amongst those who see, those who are present, those who are ready for God's renewal.